up, internet? We're back with another episode of Magical Boys, a podcast about games, anime, pop culture, and all the good shit in between from a queer perspective. And we have a full house today. And we have a really packed house today. It's going to be a good one. As always, I have my, my co-host with the mostest, Ruben Medina. Yeah, it's me. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hear the laughter of these other two voices, we are joined by good, a good friend of mine. His name is Nigel. Hi, you guys. And I'm also joined by my friend, Dominique. Hi. Thank you guys so much for answering the call to come and talk about um, Overwatch. We're pretty much going to talk all about Overwatch since we kind of all became friends kind of through that. Mm-hmm. And we've been playing it for quite a bit at this point. Um, and I would love it if the two of you would introduce yourselves to our listeners. Do you, you want to go, go first? first? <laughs> oh my gosh! Too polite. Um, okay. Queers are polite. I mean, that's a thing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, My name is Dominique, and you may know me. I am part of that Overwatch couple that got engaged uh, with Jeff Present. Um, and I met DJ at a birthday party at Showdown in SF, which is like mm-hmm. a video game warehouse, um, a few years ago. Yeah. And now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and Nigel, you want to uh, let, yeah, sure. let the people know? Uh, I'm Nigel. I met DJ on Twitter uh, after we were screaming about Smash 4 for Wii slash 3DS. And uh, we were screaming, and then I was like, oh my god, he's like this cool, nerdy, queer POC person. And then he was like, oh no, he's a weird, nerdy, queer POC person. And it was just like instant love. Let's fight! (laughs) (laughs) Basically, basically what happened. And then like we became really good friends, and then I met Ruben um, at Emerald City Comic Con, because I live here in Seattle. And I was like, who is this person? He's funny, he's smart, he's a trash can. Like, this is everything I want out of a friend. And now we're just good friends. Yeah, Ruben's... All this noise. (laughs) Ruben's one of my favorite people on Twitter, for sure. He he is a sweetheart. Yeah. I've got a really good, really terrible Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime somebody... Like, anytime I go to a convention now and people are like, oh my god, I follow you on Twitter, the first thing I say is, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, so how are you... How are you friends with Ruben on Twitter? Because... (laughs) <laughs> just anime and political shit posting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nigel, do you have to do any sort of like my views and stuff are my uh, own? No, <laughs> no. I work for disclaimer. a game company we're not going to name, and that's all that we're going to say about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't Perfect. know. If, yeah, I should have asked you that before we started recording. No, it's but, uh, fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, and also, I just want to get uh, out really quickly. Um, what are your uh, preferred pronouns? Uh, he, him. She. Perfect. And you can call me whatever you want. Um, yeah, you can call me like they is also fine. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Well, nice. thank you so much for for coming in and joining us this week. Um, I I kind of like asked you for last minute. That's what I tend to do. I'm like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? And I'm so glad that that our schedules all aligned. And oh, I've been begging to get on here because I was like, I oh my god, I know, oh my just god, sorry, begging. Just I've been. I feel so guilty since last year because I think I was supposed to talk to you guys last year and then I got super sick. It's so. all good. It's all good. But all that matters is that you're here now. <laughs> yeah. That's all that and matters. I really hold it yeah. against you. And then last night, I, <laughs> I thought I was going to labor last night, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to cancel on them again. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, how dare you? you know, how yeah. do you have a baby? Oh, <laughs> but it, yeah, it worked out. Ugh, breeding. Ugh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you're the worst. 
Alrighty, so what, um, Ruben, what have you been playing? Oh, I'm just, I'm looking at the doc, and it just says anime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's because I haven't, I haven't played a whole lot this week. Um, I've, I've been making my way through, uh, making my way downtown, uh, making my way through (laughs) Final Fantasy VI a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't had a whole lot of time this week, so, uh, I really have just been watching some of the new season anime stuff that's come out and haven't actually played a whole lot. Um, also, because no one's invited me to play any Overwatch matches. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Okay, called out. Okay. You hear, you've heard it here first, folks. Getting called <laughs> out. If you want to play tonight, I'm definitely down. Um, I mean, I would love to if, I don't know, you maybe let me know. Okay, like, whatever. We'll play after we're done doing this. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not actually upset. It's just I wanted to cause, I wanted to cause drama. <laughs> He's a messy bitch that lives for drama. It's fine. <laughs> That's true. I'm a, tr- <laughs> I'm a trash raccoon who lives for drama. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I haven't. Really, I'm trying to think. If there's anything at all I've really uh, played at all? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no. No. I'm good. Just anime watching. <laughs> just, just a whole bunch of nothing. Um. Really quick. Did you? Yeah. We. I. I texted you about uh, Hanebado yesterday. Oh yeah, the um, badminton uh, show. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. There's okay. a new episode today. I haven't watched it yet though. Okay, so um, it airs on Sundays. Yes, I believe on Sundays is when it airs. Um, it's a very dramatic sports girl uh, anime show, which is nice because usually sports anime is not women. So yeah, it seems good. There's like a lot of big titty for no reason, but yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's there's something. Oh, oh also, uh, cells at work is really cute and really good. It's actually about like it's almost like edutainment. It's like about mm-hmm. the cells in your body, but they're personified by like anime people so um, it's just basically oh, anime wow. osmosis jones is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> you said it. uh it, it is actually just um it's a japanese dub of osmosis jones is actually what it is yeah so um but no, it's, it's really cute the first episode follows like a red blood cell and a white blood cell and the white blood cells like killing germs and it's very graphic in a funny way so that's what i'm playing which is watching anime the <laughs> the, the saddest game <laughs> With no end in sight. No, no. <laughs> Never. Alrighty, um, well, I'll hand it off to uh, to you, Dom. What have you been playing recently? <laughs> A whole lot of nothing, also. Uh, pre- Pregnancy Simulator 2018. It's getting really good reviews. Really good reviews. Yeah, the VR is very cool. Um, the only two things I've really been able to pull myself together for has been Overwatch because Mm -hmm. it's my little break from everything, but I can't sit up for very long. So I've also been playing Luminous from my couch bed situation. Mm -hmm. And have you guys played that before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I lived for that when it was on PS3. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A really good rhythm game. I I really liked Luminous Mm -hmm. a lot. Played it a lot on PSP or Vita way back. And uh, yeah, I I lost hundreds of hours too. I love it. Yeah, I'm like a big fan of those rhythm puzzle games. I loved Chime when Chime came out, and mm-hmm. I would love for them to release like a downloadable version of it because the PS4 live streaming version that they offer like just doesn't cache properly for some reason for me. So there's delays, which you cannot have in no. a timed game like that. Yeah. So I'm loving Luminous on my Switch. It's amazing. It's beautiful, like both on the handheld, but especially on like the big 4K TV. It's just super beautiful. So I highly recommend it. Nice. And how about you, Nigel? Uh, I've been playing, of course, Overwatch because it's my again my game to get away from everything. 
Yeah, same. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun, and also because a lot of my friends here in Seattle, they all play. Like that's what our thing is. Like we'll get on after work at like six p.m. It's like who wants to team up for special attack, and we'll all like jump online, like play together. Um, so it's it's like a really big thing for me, like socially and just for fun. Um, Pokemon Ultra Sun. Uh, I know I've beaten it before, but uh, I lost my 3DS recently, so I had to start all over again with all my breeding and, and training for Pokemon. And I, as, as DJ knows, I'm way too obsessed with Pokemon, so I've been doing that for like the past three months. Um, Mario Tennis Aces just came out, which is literally a fighting game. It's literally a fighting game. It's yeah. yeah. The best. <laughs> it's so good. I love it because like you'll sit down at like a party or you'll bring it something. It'll be like, Catherine? I don't remember what her name is, the girl from the Switch commercial. Mm-hmm. But um, I basically bring my Switch wherever I go now, and people are just like, oh, let's play Mario Tennis. And I'm like, you want to lose? Sure. And everyone like, talks mad smack like, when they're ready to play, and then they lose suddenly. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. You suck at this. Uh, not really. I'm really a good sport, I promise. <laughs> I really, I really want to really play with Nigel now. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder why when we were both logged into Overwatch earlier, we weren't playing together, Nigel. Yeah, <laughs> I was I'm, talking to Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> she is salty. I am, I am. Um, also, I'm playing World of Warcraft because they're getting ready for the new expansion, and I've been playing that game for 13 years now, to the point where I'm pretty sure Blizzard just knows when I switch banks at this point. Um, <laughs> and, and Destiny 2, because uh, it's a really fun game and we're minded has been kicking my ass constantly. By the way, Ruben, let's let's group up and fight some stuff together, please. Yes, yes, I would love to. Because mm-hmm. uh, I haven't played for the past couple of weeks, and I still need to get some stuff before the new content yep. update stuff happens. Yep. So. Same. Yeah, and I'll and I'll round us out. And I've been playing Overwatch as well. Shocker, I say it every week on the show <laughs> that I'm always playing Overwatch. Um, and I've been playing, I've been making my way through um, Tomb Raider, The Rise of the Tomb Raider, the second of the remade, of the the reboot of the uh, Tomb Raider games, and it's been a ton of fun. Like, I'm playing this game, and I'm like, should I bother playing Uncharted? And I'm like, no, I'd rather be, <laughs> I'd just rather be Laura Croft instead. Um, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Like, the game is so... Good. And I was talking to... I forgot who I was talking to. I think I might have been talking to Ruben about it, but I'm not sure. Um, I, either that, It was either Ruben or it was either my fiancé. I can't remember what, who at this point. Oh, but, my God. Awkward. But, I, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but when... The, that game feels really good. Like, the controls feel really, really tight in the new Tomb Raider games. And I'm not usually good at doing things that require me to be stealthy. So... I always get kind of bummed out when I have to encounter those stealth um, portions of the game, but the game gives you a ton of different tools to complete the objective, um, the same objective. So you can use like smoke, like a, like smoke bombs, or you can use like um, poison, poison arrows to knock out several enemies at once. Um, you have this thing that's called like survival instinct, which basically like makes the game go like into a grayscale mode, and it basically highlights any kind of thing that you can interact with in the game. So when you interact with other human um, NPCs or enemies, um, it'll show you if the enemies are within the light of line of sight of each other. Because if you kill one and another person sees it, then like it detects everybody to come and try to find you. But um, the character goes from red. If they're both red, that means that they can both see each other. But if one of those characters turns yellow, that means you could kill that one without being detected. So you can kind of, like, throw things as, as a distraction to get them to split up. And then that's when you, like, shoot like shoot arrows at them or take them down with melee attacks or something like that. And it feels 
really good. Like it, the controls are not too cumbersome or difficult, and it's just like a really, really fun adventure game. I've been really enjoying that game a lot to get ready for that new one that's coming out later this year. <clears throat> and I'm playing Mario Tennis Aces as well, and I take my Switch to work with me, and a lot of my coworkers like don't own they play a lot of video games like a lot of them all play Fortnite together but not a lot of them own <laughs> the nintendo switch so me and one of my other co-workers um both oh well two of my other co-workers have switches and we all have mario tennis so when they came to the break room they're like oh like what are you playing it's like oh mario tennis and it's really cool to kind of see like what nintendo's vision is like in those like marketing advertisements for the for the console and like mm-hmm. people like out out and about and then just taking off the joy cons and start playing like it's the real deal like you can like I, we literally just sat in the break room at work and like i want to play you and mario tennis i'm like well let me just go ahead and set it the put the little kickstand out pop the joy cons i'm like let's let's have a let's have a match let's let's do it and it gets really really intense because i work with a bunch of straight dudes so they are <laughs> they're very aggressive <laughs> they're very aggressive <laughs> but, but they're this they are the sweetest boys but they are very aggressive and we've just been playing that during our lunches and our 15 minute breaks at work over the past couple of weeks and it's such a good game it's so much fun not all of them want to buy switches they're like what? like how can i get one like how much does it cost I'm like it's 300 bucks like you all you all have phones you can type it yeah. in you can type it in yourself and find out but yeah they've been really enjoying <laughs> it and then um i begrudgingly restarted playing sailor moon drops again <laughs> Oh my god, we were talking about this before the podcast, too. Yeah, like, when I uh, switched phones, I, and I transferred my data from my backup, and went to my new phone, and I opened Sailor Moon Drops, and it was like, you don't have any data, so... And yeah. you didn't, and you didn't, because um, I, I made the mistake of erasing my phone, my old phone, before... Um, Make before like generating that uh, that code that you have to generate in order to transfer your data over to it. So yeah. I started over again. So I'm trying to get Sailor Venus right now. But oh. uh, yeah, so I'm like way way back at the beginning. But it's fun. I kind of play that game when I'm like watching something on television. But uh, yeah, that's about yeah all that I'm playing. And I feel you on that game because <clears throat> I was saying before that I was playing the Japanese version when it came out, and then. I, I also played the U.S. version, and the yep. same thing happened to me. I didn't. I don't believe they even had the code available in the beginning. Right. right. Yeah. So then I did the whole shebang again and got a new phone, and it didn't transfer. And now my partner is really into it, and I'm just like, no way, I'm doing that a third time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sorry. doing this again. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's enough going on. <laughs> Oh, Sailor Moon. Now, now I'm just waiting for an actual, like, console Sailor Moon game or yes. some, something. Give, give us give me something. Give a 2D fighter. Just give it to me. Yeah, get yeah. Arc Systems Works to make a Sailor Moon fighter. Like, yeah. I mean, what, it's it's so bizarre to me that that Super Nintendo Sailor Moon fighting game is, like, a competitive fighting game that people still play. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it has its own side tournament at EVO this year, and I'm like... <laughs> What? What? You need to go. what? Like, I love I love, I love the that. four player one that's basically like the Ninja Turtles game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I totally run that on my like I have I built a little Raspberry Pi emulator. Yeah. Linux emulator and it just plays everything. And that is everyone's go to when they come over is they want to play that four player Sailor Moon game. So good. Yeah, like I I'll, I'll take anything. Like the match three was like I just need something. A Sailor Moon related something to play, but give us an actual game. 
Now yeah. I want to get really good at the SNES fighting game and then do it. Take it and just that'd be the only fighting game I'm good at. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um I guess we'll shift gears a little bit and we're gonna just like talk about Overwatch. Nigel, wasn't it like the first time that you came to um, GDC was when Overwatch was still in beta? Yeah, yeah, it was in beta, and uh, I know some people over at Blizzard, and they're like, "Do you want to play?" And I'm like, "Is that a, what kind of question is that?" Of course, I want to play. So I came over to your place, and I was like, "I'm gonna log in on your computer and let you play." And you were like, "Oh, I don't really like FPSs." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, like whatever." <laughs> <laughs> and, then you started, and then you started playing, and then you saw, I think it was D.Va, and you saw Zarya. And the first thing when you said D.Va was like, oh, this one right here, this is my main. And yeah. I was like, well, she's not that good right now. And you're like, doesn't matter. She's I'm like, shh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't play FPS. And then I got into Overwatch, and I saw Zarya, and I was like, that's my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was DJ, too. He was like, this is my future girlfriend. I'm going yeah. to be her in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, I'm like, Zarya's my wife, and Diva's yeah. our yeah. daughter. Yeah. Just... I want to both be Zarya and date Zarya. Yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. Everybody, though. Yeah, like I just didn't foresee myself being interested in the type of game that Overwatch was. But y- I think it was you that actually said it to me. It was something that was really, really like brilliant and kind of profound about Overwatch in relationship to other shooters. Is that um, I think it was you that told me this, Nigel. You were like, I think like, you kind of viewed Overwatch as like the Smash Brothers of first-person shooters. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's very much like a Smash Bros. It's not what you think when you normally pick up a shooter. Like, you think of Call of Duty, you think of Battlefield, you think of Halo. You don't think of, hey, I'm going to go around with these cool abilities and powers, and I don't really I always have to aim with all my characters, or if I'm really bad at aiming, there's something for me to do. Kind of like Smash Bros. Like, people have hard times with button inputs and, and, like, the general overall watching of frame data and stuff that you normally have to do at a high level of play. But Overwatch, everyone kind of gets. It's, like, really simple. Um, you know you're supposed to shoot kind of in the same direction, and there's, like, little things that separate good players from bad players, but, like, it, it is that simple game that everyone really, really loves watching and playing. And I think what's really, like, interesting about Overwatch overall is that each character feels like they're from, like, a different game, or they kind of, like, have controls that harken back to an, a different type of game. Like, Soldier 76 feels very much like a Halo Kind mm-hmm. of like a play hey, style. Call of Duty yeah. kind of mm-hmm. character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely played uh, Soldier a lot when I first started playing just because I was coming from someone who played a lot of shooters. And I was like, oh, okay, I know this guy. This makes total sense and is easy to do. Yeah, so I kinda, you can kind of look at Soldier 76 if we're still keeping the Smash Brothers comparison. It's kind of like picking Mario mm-hmm. in Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. Really good all-around character, easy to kind of pick up and play and kind of understand like the core mechanics behind how Overwatch works in that kind of similar way that Mario kind of shows you how all those systems work for Smash. So, And he I, was really balanced because he was self-sufficient also with his healing. Mm-hmm. 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 Which is something that is really cool that like a character like that can also like, oh, I can actually you know take care of myself. I don't have to rely so heavily on a healer. And mm-hmm. what I love so much about Overwatch is that it's focused on like the team aspect of it. Because I feel like I get super overwhelmed when I'm playing 
a shooting game that's like every man for themselves kind of deathmatch free-for-all kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. So it's like the pressure of feeling like you have to be so good right right from the jump wasn't really there because you had other people with you that can kind of help you achieve that same goal of either escorting the payload or not escorting the payload based on how people play (laughs) or capturing the point. (laughs) So yeah, I thought that was really interesting, but um, I've done a lot of talking, so I'll let the rest of you guys kind of like talk about your experiences since uh, playing Overwatch for a little bit. I mean, like on that note, if like as a support main, when you're talking about team play, I'm super into team play, which is what makes it fun to be a support main. And then sometimes when you run out to the point at that first spawn and you see that soldier is pushed up all the way and completely overextended, and you're just like, please come back. Can you please? <laughs> seriously. Can you please come back? And they're just mm-hmm. like, do you see them like t- they turn their mic off or they turn like, like, <laughs> I like, can't hear you, mom. Like, sol- soldier shithead, like left chat. It's like, no. <laughs> He's just like, I'm going silent. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the best part about Overwatch. And then also sometimes the most frustrating part mm-hmm. is because if you start with a five man, you're at like this huge deficit right away. Right. Yeah, and it's re- and it's such a huge difference. Like it literally makes or break matches because when yeah. when you when someone like drops their connection and you could be in the lead the whole time, but like it really really depends on that six player um, combination of characters to really succeed. And it's it's yeah, we ran into the situation. I was playing last night with some friends and. Um, one of our friends got DC'd, and we just, like, completely got steamrolled, because, like, that person was our tank at the time, and I'm like, oh, you're the only shield tank. Like, they were Reinhardt, and they they got DC'd, so it was like, oh, no. oh everyone is so squishy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you're everything's fine, and then someone dies, and they have their 10-second spawn, but they also decide that's when they want to go make a sandwich. So they're, like, they're out for, like, 35 seconds. And that's the difference between, like, the payload making it to the next checkpoint or not. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny watching watching a lot of Overwatch League at high level. It's funny how, like, obviously those guys are amazing uh, at what they're doing. Um, Everyone who plays that game at that level is is doing some, some crazy stuff. But so much of it is still just how well they're communicating and moving as a team. And that's something that's really cool because you can, even if you don't have that skill level, you can apply so many of the things that they do to just like sticking together. <laughs> and it's it's very yeah. simple, but it's so it works so well, and it makes a big difference in, in matches um, at a, a, a non pro level. Yep. So Nigel, like you are very these are Overwatch strats that people should be doing. <laughs> like like it's really insightful information because as someone because I think. This is where you and I have this really great kind of back and forth in our relationship Mm -hmm. is because you kind of offer that kind of, like, mentor thing for me for Overwatch like I do for you and Smash Brothers. So Mm -hmm. whenever you kind of, like, are talking about your tweet threads about, like, team compositions and how to kind of, like, ultimately utilize characters to the best of their abilities and just overall, like, understanding, like, dynamics and how to maneuver as a unit with particular characters in your matchups, like... Where do you think all that comes from? Like, do you just think that comes from just like your experience of just like playing this game for such a long time, or like you're like really insightful when it comes to that stuff? Like, where do you think that comes from? Um, honestly, it comes from two places. The first is because I my college degree is in game design, so I, I 
background in game design. I follow everything like I can about how things work, and that like really sets me off. Like, if you want to see me be a real fucking nerd, just can I say fuck? Shit. Yeah, um, yeah, you can. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh you my see god! Big, <laughs> you I don't know this because I work I'm on a lot of put explicit content tag on this one. <laughs> so many, Sorry. so many of our spicy language. So, spicy. so many of our conservative Christian listeners are going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> You say that, but again, I, I get work. I'm not allowed to say fucking recordings and stuff. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it comes from from game design. So like, if you want to be, be a real fucking nerd, just like sit me down, buy me a drink, and like let me talk about balance. And I will literally go on for hours, and I won't stop talking. And then if you put my twin brother right next to me, it's even worse because it's like then fragmented conversations that you can't really follow of us just talking about things, and it's the worst. But um, <laughs> that's where one part comes from. The other part comes from is that I used to play a lot of Dota two, a lot of Heroes of New Earth, a lot of like. Legends kind of MOBA games, and a lot of the skills you learn there you can also apply in Overwatch. So, for example, like when they first announced Zarya, everyone's like, Oh, this character's garbage, she looks like crap. And I'm like, No, her ultimate's amazing, watch. And so, I went and picked Zarya, and then my brother was like, Okay, I'll pick Farah. And we just did the, the Graviton barrage combo like for like a week straight. And it was like, People were like, I don't know what's going on, how are they killing us? And I'm like, Because we keep doing this really easy combo again and again. Because it's something that you learn in MOBAs all the time. Because mm-hmm. there's a character called Dark Void in Dota who's basically, his ultimate is just Zarya ultimate, where he just sucks everybody in, and then you just unload a bunch of AoE on top of him, and you're like, oh, look, that's done, walk away. So, <laughs> a lot of that comes from there. And then once you once you have that kind of right, right mindset, um, you start looking at, at the game very differently than I was just in a moment. You start thinking of, okay, so how do I think three steps in ahead? How do I look at my ultimate economy? How do I look at our positioning on the map? Do we have enough time to move this way? Should we wait for a pick, or should we poke? Should we run through the point? And you start thinking of like this game not as just like I'm shooting at somebody and I want to kill them you start thinking of it as how does my team move as one and at the same time be the most efficient it can be um, which a lot of players I feel don't always do because um, you have days like I think all of us do this we'll just pick, go in pick character and just be like I don't care about the objective I'm just going to shoot stuff and I'm just going <laughs> to have a good time and that that's great if that's what you want to play Overwatch for you should absolutely do it but like when you start looking at like competitive and like comp, uh, comp mode well, I mean, comp mode in, like, uh, Overwatch League, you start learning, like, a bunch of little cool things, and uh, it becomes very very much the team dynamic shines through once you start looking at it from a higher level. Yeah, like, I kind of remember having this, like, aha moment, like, when playing Overwatch very early on in the... in, in its early days, when it, when it released on all systems, and I remember the first time that I got, like, a quintuple kill with Diva Bomb the first time, and it was mm-hmm. only because that I had the Zarya did the did the graviton surge thing, and it was like that. That's it. It's like you have to think about the combinations of what unique abilities about what traits about this character can help us achieve the same goal. How can we? I'm trying to think of the the, the phrase. Um, symbiosis. Yeah, like yeah, having that kind of like that symbiotic relationship and kind of understanding like um what's the return on my investment of like doing of like doing this ability now versus waiting to plan a strike with another character. So seeing those kind of like beautiful organic things kind of happen for the first time is a really cool experience I think for everybody when it comes to any game when the when a game just clicks for you and you're like I get it. Like, I, I understand how the systems work. I understand, like, this is what's luring me, and this is how the game works for me. And I think that was a moment for me where I'm like, huh, I never thought that I would play a game like this, but I'm really into it. And I've said it before on the show a couple of times that 
since we're kind of in between Smash Brothers games right now, Overwatch has kind of filled that void for me that, that Smash did for such a long time. And understanding the systems and mechanics and combinations of characters and understanding, like, okay, this is who I have on my team, or this is who I'm up against. Like, how do I how do I counter that? It's kind of like, even like in Pokemon, how there's like a rock, paper, scissors kind of an element to it. Mm-hmm. Like, Overwatch still has that same thing at its very core, which I think is really cool. And like, it's a really quick concept that I think a lot of people can understand on how to like, oh, this beats this, this beats that, or this is okay when it comes to this, but some like X X is better than Y or whatever whatever that may be. Like it's it's cool. It's like it's really, really cool. The problem comes in like trying to get people to actually swap out characters to kill yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's and a, I, like yeah. yeah. I, go, yeah like go I was saying, it, I play like yeah, I play support mostly and then the other stuff that I do is a lot of tanking because people want to DPS most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, I'll fill that gap. But uh then I'm like, someone else needs to go tank, or we need a second healer, and I cannot play three roles at the same time. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. I need to get better at uh, support classes, because I so rarely play them, and so if it's needed for a team, I'm just like, well, we're gonna die. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like, I'm such, I'm such a bad Mercy. Like, I'm a terrible Mercy. I can play the other supports okay, but sometimes you really, like, you really need a Mercy. Yeah. Well, yeah, wait. Mercy is really stupid right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's, like, everyone's worst character to play? Or, like, two worst? Like, when you Oof. get it in Mystery Heroes, oh. and you're just like, oh, I wish I could, like, self-die. Yeah. And they took that away from me. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like, who who do you just, you just want to log off when you get them? Um, anytime that they give me Torbjorn, oh, or, <laughs> or it's either Torbjorn for me, and um, let's see who else, um, and uh, Doomfist, I'm like... Mm-hmm. I, I I just mm-hmm. I want to quit. I just want to quit. Like, I don't want to be either of them. Like I have no desire to play either of these characters at all. Probably like Doomfist and mainly because I just Doomfist came out at, like far enough along where I just haven't played as him much. Same with like Brigida. I haven't played with Brigida a whole lot, but her kit is a bit easier than Doomfist. I feel like Doomfist you have to really have a firm grasp on like. Uh, how to uh, combo all of his moves. And also he's squishy, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but Reinhardt, I'm also just... Uh, Reinhardt is... I'm bad with Reinhardt. I can play most tanks, but Reinhardt, I have such a hard time being actually effective with. I'm, I'm going to say we just don't like fisting, so I, I see... <laughs> <laughs> not all of us. Like I, I get Doomfist, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go try, I guess, and slam into somebody, and I always fail miserably. I'm just like, why do I? Why did they do this to me? Uh, I would say that in Widowmaker, like. I, it was funny because like when I played TF2, I was really good at sniper, and then I was like, oh, I could totally do this in, in Overwatch, and I don't know what happened, but uh, in my old age, I have gotten terrible at sniping, so I'm just <laughs> like, put you, put down Widowmaker, put down Hanzo. I don't want to play any of the snipers. I'll play Ana. She's like the only one I will play, but that's more because she's a healer and you can do a lot of funny stuff with her. But I, Hanzo, Widowmaker, Doomfist, pass. This is so sad. Also, Doomfist. <laughs> or Doomfist. Nobody let him listen to this podcast. Yeah. Very hurt. I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah, he writes in all the time. So. <laughs> and it's usually just saying, please use me in Overwatch. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah, Doomfist. Or um, I struggle with Reinhardt and Winston. They're like the two tanks that are like kind of my blind spot. Mm-hmm. And practice hasn't seemed to help that much, unfortunately. <laughs> 
I find with Winston, you need a really good healer behind you. Yes. Like, I play a lot of Winston, and I won't play Winston unless one of my friends is healing me. I just refuse at this point. Like, I'm just like, I know I'm not going to get the heals I need. I know I need a lot of support when I go down there and dive in like a crazy person. Like, my friends know to look into the sky when I'm, like, running away to, like, heal me with Anifier. Because yeah. they're like, oh, there's Nigel. He's in the air. Running away like a little punk again. So, yeah. Like, didn't Mercy get a huge buff at some point late last year? And then the joke was that Winston got a huge buff because yeah. Mercy was able to heal exactly. more efficiently. <laughs> and what are your, I guess, to kind of go on the opposite side of that, What, who are your go-to characters? I'm a flex player, so I kind of play a little bit of everything. But oh, so you're you verse. Me, you're, you're, I, I'm you're very verse. verse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, if I, if, I, if I go in, I usually try and figure out what everyone needs first, and then I'll pick my comfort picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm tanking, it's going to be Reinhardt. I love him to death. I, I just... There's this weird, like, yin-yang kind of moment you have to have, like, just, like, peace and knowing, like, you gotta block with your shield and wait for the perfect moment, and then you start swinging at people, and they're like, oh, god, he deals a ton of damage, he's scary. Because a lot of, like, Reinhardt's will just sit there, wait till their shield breaks, and like, oh, god, he's he's now dead. But then, like, if you play it properly, like, you get to do, like, a ton of damage to people, and people are never ready for it. Um, so Reinhardt is my go for tank. Um, if I have to DPS, it's always Reaper or Soldier 76. They're just fairly like safe picks I feel mm-hmm. um, both of them can do a lot of work if their ultimates go off they're both very powerful um, and if I have to support it's either Mercy or Zenyatta Zenyatta is my, my favorite character in the entire cast uh, if I get to play him I'm happier than a pig and shit um, <laughs> DJ you've seen me like, no, you, like <laughs> your, your, your Zenyatta is super clutch like I I just remember it's 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 so funny because I remember being in situations where we were playing together and I'm like shit I'm about to fucking get out of mech and then all of a sudden I get a I get a healing orb I'm like oh thanks Nigel like <laughs> like, it, like I don't even have to ask like it's it's just there it, it's there yeah. yeah and then like you see me like call it Discord targets and I'm like Discord on this person and everyone's like oh we gotta kill that person like Discord on that person and everyone's like follows kind of like a little like metronome kind of thing and I fucking love it mm-hmm. so you can conduct people where they move so I really love Zenyatta he is like hands down my favorite he deals so much damage just so much healing he's so fun to play do you get a lot of shot caller endorsements when you play quick play lately? I, I do actually because I'll sit there and I'll just call it Discords and I'll like you're shot calling and I'm like that's not really shot calling it's just me telling you where my discord target is but it's good enough to help people like focus on a target and when a target's discorded they have to run they have to like yeah. run or they're fu- or, like pop a cooldown to like make sure they stay alive otherwise they're just gonna die have, this is how it goes have you have you all seen the meme that's going around right now where it's like says group up once gets shot caller endorsement <laughs> yes yes <laughs> it was so funny that's how I feel like it's it's so funny. Um, what about you, Ruben? Who who are your your faves to go to when you do play? Um, you know this because we have to fight over her uh, diva, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, diva is definitely probably my main, like main main. Um, uh, certainly for tanks. Uh, I have a weird. When I started playing comp initially, I was actually maining ha- uh, Hanzo, which is weird because I don't play him that often. But I was having a lot of success with him, mm-hmm. so I still like playing Hanzo, uh, Hanzo frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, geez, uh, if I'm doing DPS, it's probably Soldier. Yeah. Um, just because he's uh, he's just very comfortable for me. Um, and if I'm doing support, it's usually Zenyatta. Um, just because I, I like the versatility of basically being a uh, played right, kind of being a sniper um, along with, with healing. Uh, I want to play Widow more, but Widow's 
so difficult to play on console. Um, I started playing on PC, and I was like, oh, cool, yeah, I can actually play with Widowmaker. But uh, the move to console, which is where I play now most of the time, if not almost all the time, uh, yeah, it's just she's she's real difficult to be very good with, I feel like, on, on console. Yeah, so, like, when I see people that are, like, uh, silver and are like oh and then pick widow i'm like oh i'm about to get fucked up because <laughs> like, like i don't understand how they're able to like have this like expert precision on console i don't get it but i've seen a couple widows and i'm like i'll get upset i'm like oh, why are they picking widow and this is not good and then i'm like oh they um they are on the board <laughs> they have using those those third party mouse and keyboard yeah, hacks. Hey, what, whatever, hey. whatever works. <laughs> whatever works. Um, what about you, Dom? Who are your normal go tos? Um, I started out as a Lucio main, and so I still pull them out of my back pocket at the end of payload maps a lot of the time mm-hmm. because you can contest really well with him. And also at that point, your teammates are just kind of like running in without their brains because they're just trying to keep it from reaching the end. Yeah. And so it's just like one person spilling out after another dying. So that extra healing that's right on top of the payload usually helps. Um, but as far as support these days, I do a lot of mercy and a lot of Moira. And Moira is one of those characters that can really carry a team. Which oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm Moira, and now I have four golds. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> How is this possible? Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a five gold Moira day yesterday, and I was like, I don't, do not understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, if I do any sort of like DPS, I love playing Junkrat. And I was a big Junkrat person before his changes this year. So I got teased a lot for liking Junkrat early on. Um, but I love him. And then for tanking, I play Orisa. And that's kind of weird because I love more mobile characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Orisa is the clunkiest, slowest tank. I think mm-hmm. she's the slowest character out of everybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, your I best so. move is you back up as quickly as possible to get away from people <laughs> and, hope, <laughs> and like hope that one of your teammates helps you. <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of got to hang back as her. And that that requires a lot of discipline and control on my part, which is sometimes hard. Like, positioning is so important with her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been playing... Um, before we like jump into playing like competitive, a lot of a lot of my my friends that I play with pretty regularly, um, we do a lot of uh, either no limits or mystery heroes or something like that. And then we were playing yesterday, and it was kind of like, oh, this this whole team went they went six reapers. Let's go like six Arisa. So we so that was my first real time getting to know Arisa and her kit. And mm-hmm. she's yeah, I'm like wow, the the mobility here is non-existent, but yep. she's really fun i really like her a lot she's so sweet yeah she's so sweet she's (laughs) such a sweet robot um and for me um yeah me and ruben always have to argue over diva um which is fine (laughs) but um sounds like it's not fun what was what was what was weird was that like i didn't think um because typically whenever i play any kind of like a role-playing game where i have to choose like a class that's like a damage dealer or healer or whatever i always pick like the ninja or something or someone that does does like a, that's really fast and nimble and can deal out damage but you will not catch my ass playing genji like not even i'm not even on a cold day in hell um so for for me like in overwatch i kind of play primarily mostly um support or defense heroes def- support defense or tanks and diva's my i think my best character in the game I think 
quickly followed by May. Um, I didn't think that I would like May initially a lot at first, but I really, I feel really comfortable picking her. So if I can't pick, um, if I can't pick uh, like Symmetra, who is like my favorite, now she's just considered a damage character since they've made those changes, which is what she should have been all along. She's never been a support hero, but that's neither here nor there anymore. Um, so um, I love I love Symmetra. I'm still adjusting to the new changes. I love the new ultimate. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I really, really like it a lot. Um, and I love the new it, turrets. Um, it's so good for holding point. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I love playing Symmetra on, on a... On the control point maps, it's my favorite, and I lo- I've really gotten into playing Mercy because whenever I played comp and no, when we had like four tanks and two DPS, I'm like, this isn't gonna gonna work. We need <laughs> we need some heals. So I started playing Mercy, and I really really like Mercy a lot. Of of all the healers, she's who I'm the best with, and then I do love playing Moira as well. I'm like. I love Scientific Ninja Mom, so I'm like... <laughs> she's a weeb. Yeah, she's such a yeah. weeb. Yeah, like, flailing Naruto arms. Yeah, <laughs> like, I... Yeah, and I've had moments where I'm like, why do I have four golds with Moira? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoy her a lot. Let's see. Um, we've got a couple other things that we can talk about. Um, Nigel, you um, you brought up a point. Do you kind of want to go into that part of the discussion? Because I think it's more queer-focused. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed like, for a lot of queer people who play games, or gamers, as you like to call them sometimes, um, everyone's, everyone plays Overwatch. Uh, no one does not play Overwatch. Like, I'll go into gaming groups that are specifically for gay men, and they'll be like, yeah, who plays Overwatch? And they're like, I do, I do, I do. And like, there's like 5 million people saying I do, and I'm like, okay, we got it. Everyone plays Overwatch. And it's not even just, like when you see it on Facebook. Like, I'll go into games on PC, and I'll see people's like, names like Miss Vanjie. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. are you fucking kidding me? On the other team. And then I'll just type Miss Vanjie, and then like four other people go, Miss Vanjie. And I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, there are a bunch of homosexuals just like me. And like, it's just a lot of queer people play Overwatch. And I thought it was like this most wonderful, interesting thing. I have no idea what draws us all to it, but all of us seem to like really enjoy playing Overwatch. And I kind of wanted to talk to you guys if you have any ideas why we're so drawn to it. Wow, I think a big part of it is representation in game. Mm-hmm. And I mean more like like gender expression isn't yeah, we have a problem where like even if you look at Zarya, she's technically an hourglass. Mm-hmm. That's still an issue and the only non-hourglass we have is Orissa and she's a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh you do get more body types and you get people with different racial backgrounds and when you start seeing diversity like that um, it's going to draw in everybody who has felt like they've been pushed to the fringe the whole time I feel like that's part of it yeah and um, and to your point um, about in terms of like body types and body shapes in, in Overwatch like there's still that thing where like all character designs have to be like attractive and right. kind of like sexy in a way and like Overwatch definitely has like a gambit of all of those kinds of characters. Um, like, I would love for Zarya to crush me. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and then, like, also, like, Lucio can also get it. And, like, that, that, like, there's this variety of characters, and I think that 
kind of like draws in people that get again like that have been that have been on the fringe or don't really see themselves represented or see or see these types of people depicted in a way that is like cool or attractive and i think um a little just to kind of um i'm I'm sure a lot of people know this but um the the head character designer in overwatch is um arnold sang and arnold sang has worked on worked for capcom for for years and done like work for the street fighter comics so it has this level of appeal that's very it's still much it's still like very influenced by like Japanese stuff and like anime and fighting games and things like that but it still feels very it feels very western still but and I think it's managed to kind of like have this really good melting pot of all of these like things that I think people from different groups also enjoy a whole lot like obviously like the thing that appealed to me most about Diva she pilots a giant pink mech her colors are hot pink blue and white and she looks like she's from Evangelion so like it's one of those things where it's like there's so many different points of reference that I think people from different communities all really like and it kind of brings everyone together which is really cool I think there's an interesting um, to get to like we're talking about the, the silhouettes and sort of body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do agree that Overwatch does a better job than pretty much anything mm-hmm. out there yeah. with this stuff. Yeah. Um, I still would love to see a female character that is allowed to be as sort of um, <laughs> dogs disagree. <laughs> a female character that's allowed to be as sort of uh, buck wild as um, as Roadhog uh, or as Roadhog yes. or Junkrat because like you look mm-hmm. at those two silhouettes and. I think there's still this sort of this sort of uh, very sort of binary identification idea mm-hmm. of well guys just want to be cool and cool can be like tiny strung out looking junk rat or like big powerful roadhog but women want to identify with characters who are beautiful so we're not going to have those extreme body types for female characters and that sucks and, and so I'd love to see them kind of figure that out and give us some uh, female characters that, you know, like you said, Zarya is still kind of an hourglass. They don't have to be that. But uh, as far as it, like, I think it, I think it reaches out to, to not just, I think the queer community, but also uh, female community as well. And just a lot of people that normally wouldn't like first person shooters because it's such a character focused game. Like most FPS games aren't at all focused on who you are in any fashion. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're just sort of a gun. In a way, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not so narratively driven, and not that Overwatch is narratively, narratively driven in game, but they've made a really intense and really interesting world full of lore, and they do amazing uh, environmental storytelling in every map, and and there's always uh, there's always like extra content to read up on those characters and their relationships. So uh, I think we get like just enough to get people to get really invested. And then want to make fan fictions to fill in the gaps of things that aren't there, mm-hmm. and and ships and everything else. So it's just this really nice amalgamation of all of these things that normally are not in shooters, uh, especially uh, multiplayer online shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes it appeal to like just a way way bigger, way different group of people. You hit the nail so hard when you're talking about character driven work in Overwatch. Because I just was listening to you talk, and I'm thinking, this is the TNG of FPS games. This is mm-hmm. the Star Trek The Next Generation of FPS games. And their whole thing was they took, in the third season of Star Trek, they basically had all new writers. And they were like, we're going to go character-driven. And we're going to drop these characters into different environments and watch them interact with each other in those environments um, in a way that they didn't do with the original series. And... I think that's why a lot of, I mean, I know there's a lot of DS9 versus TNG people, but TNG is up there with like 
the best Star Trek to ever come out. And hearing you talk about Overwatch <laughs> using this floral, like, bouquet of language that I would also apply to TNG was really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, um, they made a very distinct choice, uh, design-wise, to not just have vocal lines for each character in the game that you trigger, but also vocal lines that just happen, and then vocal lines that specifically trigger when different characters are around each other. Mm-hmm. So you immediately have this environment where, like, everyone has pre-existing relationships, um, it's funny, this is actually, uh, this is sort of tangential, but this is actually a, a, a thing that we talk about in improv a lot, is that scenes aren't, aren't as interesting usually, or they're harder to do when both characters in the scene are strangers and they don't know each other, because then you have to, like, establish all of this stuff fresh. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas when you have characters enter a scene that already have a history, you're immediately interested because you're only getting to see parts of that history, but you then start to wonder okay, but, like, what's the rest of this history? Like, there's more behind this story. So this this vocal interaction, uh, these voice lines that, like, uh, Genji and McCree have, oh, wow, that, like, speaks to something that's happened in their past. And what is that? And, like, why do they like each other or not like each other? Um, and it's just so smart to give everyone this sort of level of pre-existing relationship that makes you, I think, it just colors the characters in a very, very efficient and very smart way. Yeah, talk about that point. Um, one of my favorite voice lines you can get when you're playing Reinhardt is when you kill Reaper, and you'll hear him shout traitor, but it's like anger and sadness at the same time, and you, you instantly start learning so much more about Reinhardt, and what Reaper did is clearly something, like, unforgivable, unmistakable, and, like, Reinhardt is not gonna let this guy go, just for fucking whatever he did, and... With, with the recent up, uh, story update that we had with uh, Retribution, like, it starts to show that, like, Reyes despite having good intentions, like, ends up being, like, this really dickish guy. And it, it just kind of paints, like, this bigger story for all the characters involved. And I just absolutely love it they do that. Yeah, and I also what what I think um, is to the benefit of Overwatch as an IP in general is that, kind of to what you were saying, Ruben, there's, there's all this auxiliary content surrounding it that ties into the core game. And even if you don't necessarily play the game or want to play the game, you can still get as much information, if not more, by reading the comics and watching the the shorts and all the stuff that's that's available online in terms of who these characters are and what they're about and all that stuff. It really gives people multiple ways to interact and to interface with, with the IP. And I think that also helps people, like that have like really no interest in playing the game but like this this is all really cool and they want to still be involved in some way and i think that with everything that overwatch has as a package it really kind of draws in so many different people from different from different uh, uh parts of nerddom and games culture and all that stuff yeah and i know i think i mean the beginning of this is we were talking about what draws uh queer people to overwatch or why do we find it um a, a safer place. I'm not going to say a safe, a safe space mm-hmm, because right. there's tons of toxicity in gaming everywhere. But, um, and then when I was kind of like, oh, Ruben just described it like I would describe TNG, um, even though they're not the same. I mean, it, I think a lot of people who are sci-fi fans play video games. Right. But mm-hmm. um, TNG was one of those series that, I mean, this is the 80s and the 90s, and they were exploring genderlessness and Mm. asexuality and polyamory, and um, men were wearing dresses and skirts and just uh, 
just pushing those boundaries without it feeling like there were any boundaries. It felt like they weren't doing anything really big or revolutionary. It felt comfortable, I feel, for like cis viewers as well. And I think Overwatch does the same thing there too, where they're they're doing new amazing things that make queer people feel seen and heard, right. but that is not alienating their cis players at the same time or their non-queer players at the same time. And that's why they're able to have such a large fan base and be so... Um, popular and successful. Um, and it's weird. And it's not like they're doing it in a way where they're like pushing it under the rug. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. not doing it in any way that's like we need to be ashamed of it or anything like that. But it's just present and very natural feeling. Yeah, there's not, they don't really, um, for the most part, I wouldn't say they do uh, like queer baiting, which so no. much media does, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, we're going to like point to this really hardcore, but we're not going to say it because we don't want to lose our like angry, um, <laughs> like cis audience. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it's what I think is really nice about what it does is, um, like you were saying there, Dom, uh, it's not, I, I, it's not, I think, challenging necessarily for, for non queer audiences. And I think part of that is, like, it's just normal. Like, Tracer doesn't have to come up and be like, I'm gay. Like, it's not, you know, there doesn't <laughs> even be a voice line. Um, but why isn't there just, a voice line like that? I'm just <laughs> There might be. I don't kidding. know. I mean, yes, if there <laughs> is. God, I would love, though, because I would just yeah. spam it all the time. <laughs> I'm gay. She is love. I'm gay. Yeah. I'm, she is love. I'm gay. Um, anyway. Um, but uh, I think that it's great because it's, like, they just present a world where it's completely normal and it doesn't have to be a talking point. It's just a thing that exists. Yeah. And I think that's such a healthy way to uh, represent queerness in any sort of medium that you're portraying. Um, I think that there is a value for things that are very, very outspoken and are like, Hey, this is incredibly gay and we're going to talk about being gay. Um, But I I do think there's something really valuable in just normalizing it by not making it a big deal. Like you're talking about with, with uh, Star Trek, like, it's like, hey, it's like way far in the future, and people are traveling like between planets, and there's aliens. Like, it's buck wild to think that people should care about like sexuality and 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 gender and everything else at that point in human um, existence and and evolution. Um, yeah. So I really really love that that uh, it's just it's just there, it's just there, and it's just it's as normal as any character being straight, and that's how that shit should be. Oh my god, I wish this was a Star Trek podcast right now, too, because this is really good. <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to no, give like one minute. Apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm such a fangirl. I've no. watched it like beginning to end so many times. <laughs> um, there's this really great episode where Riker falls in love with um, someone who's from a planet where there's no gender, um, which mm-hmm. is one flat, genderless planet. And uh, I believe like unions are arranged or something like that. Um, but he falls in love with this person and this person actually discovers that they identify as female and says, oh, there are some people on my planet that do identify with like different feelings and they don't really have like words for it because they don't have gender there. Um, mm. Yeah. And and so it's like this weird reversal of what people who um, are in our society who are like non-binary go through basically. And you watch them struggling to maintain a relationship but having to keep it secret because on that planet, if it's discovered that you are operating outside of their gender norms, that you will be um, assigned to a camp and you will be like brainwashed. They basically send you to like gay camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and if you don't, if you don't 
fix yourself, then, you know, you go to jail or something like that. It's really, it was really incredible that they did that. And it was just, I think the episode was from like 1993 or something. Um, that series did so much, like as a kid growing up watching that, I'm in my mid thirties. It, uh, I grew up feeling like so empowered by watching that series. Um, that's why it's yeah. a Star Trek TNG, mm-hmm. the new gays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh my God. I went to a gay Star Trek event a few years ago and Michael Dorn was there and <laughs> I was, I said, what did I say? Oh, this is my gay Tribble. I had a Tribble stuffed animal that was rainbow. Um, <laughs> this is my gay Tribble. And Michael Dorn, Worf himself, said all Tribbles are gay. Yes. Straight <laughs> so, from Worf. <laughs> it's canon now. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> he also told me I need to get another hobby. That's a different story. <laughs> oh my god. I like the idea of like working on something and it being the thing that you're known for and being like you need to like something else. Please. Well, so so my workplace we have a wharf obsession. My CEO and my CTO who I work directly with, um we all love wharf and so we've made like this made up TV sick. I can't even get through this. I'm trying not to crack up right now. <laughs> we made this sitcom up in our minds called Doran's Life. And it's, like, Michael Dorn as Michael Dorn, not as Worf, but he has to interact with, like, the Star Trek people as their characters. And our favorite one is, like, Michael Dorn and Wesley Crusher open up a food truck. <laughs> and I told, I told Michael Dorn this, and he was just like, you need to find something else to do. <laughs> and I started singing this song, because I was like, Dorn's life, Dorn's life. And he's like, oh my god, no, stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan, you're listening to this. We love you. <laughs> I oh drank a lot that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I love that. Um, so I'm looking through our show notes here. Because, um, Dom, you had a point about uh, about the uh, our thoughts on endorsements and if we feel like our chats are less, t- less toxic now. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about the endorsement system a little bit. Do you want to kind of go into that a little, um, how the endorsement system works for our viewers, our viewers, our listeners that don't know what that is? Yeah. Is so is endorsement on PS4 right now? Mm-hmm. I yeah. play yeah. PC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Endorsements are uh, when you play quick play. It doesn't apply to arcade. Um, every game that you play, you have three points at the end of the game where you can endorse another player. For your own team, you have three options for the type of endorsement. Um, One is shot caller, which is usually someone doing some sort of lead performance where they're calling things out. Nigel talked about it earlier. Um, Team player usually goes to someone who, a lot of the time it goes to the supports or the tanks because they're the ones who will jump in and save you and it stands out in your mind. And then the other one was, uh, I don't remember what it's called exactly. Someone else want to jump in, but... Good sportsman. Sportsmanship. There you go, yeah. And that's someone who's polite and respectful. So you have those three options to endorse your own teammates with. And then you have the good sportsmanship option to endorse your opponents with as well. Because your communication is limited and that's about as much as you'll be able to move between each other. So that makes sense. Yeah. So you get three points per game to give out and receive and it gives you a little icon and it shows ratio and distribution of what you've been given and your ranking. And it kind of lets other people know what to expect when they're interacting with you. And so from my personal point of view, I have noticed a huge change in quick play chat. And that's in both like game chat and team chat. Team chat 
is more active with the mics. People are actually joining, talking to each other and having a good time or typing with each other. And then game chat, there's a lot more joking between the teams and a lot less like nastiness. And I haven't seen any like weird homophobic or racist things being said the entire time since endorsements came up. So that really stands out to me. Yeah, um, I I think I definitely think that um, there's been a shift um, because I am actually found myself being like, you know what, I'll take a chance and put on the headset and get on get on voice chat when I'm playing, and people have been mostly pretty pretty chill and pretty positive, which has been really nice. So it's been nice to kind of see that shift. Um, I also really appreciate that they add the feature to where it's like you can avoid certain players being teamed up with you, and that lasts for I think like a short period amount of time. Um, or I think it stays under permanent because I looked at because I had to, I had to add another player to that list because they were just like uh, throwing matches repeatedly with us. So I had to put them in that queue for that. And I think it stays there for until because I think you can hold like a certain amount of people in that queue that you would avoid um, for a certain amount of time. I have to double check the rules and how that works. But I, just in having been playing a lot of like solo solo queuing in both quick play and in competitive recently. I've definitely seen that shift as well, which has been nice. Um, where I do see kind of some of the still kind of like toxic kind of comments coming from are even when you set up, because uh, you can do the looking for a team queue uh, now, mm-hmm. or you can like set up a room and say what you're looking for. But we made one and we put in the name, it was like LGBTQ friendly, um, mics on, blah, 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 like a couple of different caveats. And someone was just in our chat, just trying to get a rise out of somebody. And we were like, hey, "What a sword fight! Yeah, let's like the sword fight." And they like kept saying that like over and over and over again. And it was like me and like a bunch of other gays, and we were just like, "Okay." <laughs> I think they were kind of because like, I feel like the language around like trying to insult queer people hasn't changed. In in decades, no. it's no. fucking busted. Like, it hasn't. Like it, it, like it literally hasn't. So like when people like say it would call me like uh, the f word or whatever, I'm like, okay, you have you have eyes. Well, in this case, you have ears. So I guess you can hear. What about their so say, I guess you can hear my big gay voice. So congratulations for stating the obvious. <laughs> They're not the most creative people usually. Because they really like are. all of their favorite comedians are still like white dudes from the '80s. So like. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's been like a decade since I started playing online gaming, like more than a decade. Right. But like, I got I remember getting called gay, all the other words, all these, these horrible slurs, and I'm like, man, I heard that when I was like 12. Can you please think of something new to entertain me? Just a little bit, please. I, I want to engage, but you just don't seem smart enough. Like, I would love to be surprised by something like they've act like like cishet people have come together to find a new derogatory <laughs> word to call the queer community, like. There's no creativity around that. So, but again, like that's just because, like me personally, have been able to kind of be resilient to kind of, to kind of that stuff. And I think I could speak for the for everyone in the room here. It's where we've we've kind of become resilient to things like that. But no one should still have to be subjected to any oh, of that stuff while not. they're playing games online. Because Lord knows, like you go to games as an escape, and like who wants to like? It's it's kind of like I forgot who was saying this, but it's it's so. I think it was actually Rakeem from Podcast of Color that said this. Like, imagine, like, you come home from work and, like, and then you're getting, you're, like, drawing yourself, like, a hot bath or something. And you're, like, you know, you're getting in your space to be, like, nice and, like, relax and chill. And then, like, someone just, like, pops out of nowhere and, like, starts shaking you and calls you a slur. Like, who, like, wants 
that to happen to them, like, when they're trying to escape and have fun and and all of that stuff. So, like, it's still, it's still a problem, but I've definitely seen less of it in my experience with playing with people. Like, we've met really cool people on, on PlayStation playing it, and they have kind of come into our fold of, like, queers that play Overwatch, which has been really fun. And it's always the best when you run into, like, the other queer person, and they happen to be matched on your team, you're like, you... You're one of us. We're best friends now. You're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always, it's, a, it's really nice to have that organic experience happen and being open to having that organic experience happen with these new features to kind of like deal with some of the toxicity around online gaming and that culture altogether. But yeah, it's been a mostly good experience. Um, we had someone that was a queer person that was in our that was in our group chat and we kind of got into a conversation about RuPaul's Drag Race and talking about some of the drama right now surrounding some of the queens and their kind of stance was kind of like ooh your uh, your anti-blackness is showing mm. so we're like you like you got to go <laughs> but we but we did but we did it in like the most like petty way we were just like we just finished our match and then we just like disbanded the team <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and then we just made a new. Then we just made a new team after that. But it was so petty. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's been a much better experience, I think. And I think it's only getting better. I think this is like the most comprehensive tools in an online game that I've seen from anybody to kind of combat this kind of stuff. Yeah, they have a really yeah, good reporting uh, system too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it Dota? Is a reporting system on PS4? Yeah, it yeah, is. I know it's. It yep. is. Okay. I also haven't played uh, since um, the uh, recommendation stuff has started on PS4, so I'm excited to actually use that and maybe actually talk to people. During well, you're about to play now. today. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think it's uh, maybe it's it's either Dota or League that does this. I think it's Dota. Um, but they do have a really cool thing that I could see working if Overwatch wanted to do even more stuff, which is um, if you get uh, reported enough times, you basically go into like. Uh, hell matches. Oh, that's where Dota you, 2. Yes, yes. And Dota what? 2, basically, if you get reported enough time, you only get paired with other shitty people, and you basically have to have, like, enough good behavior matches to get put back into normal uh, matchmaking. Wow. So, like, basically, they're just like, hey, if you're going to be a shithead, you'll have to deal with other shitheads, and you can all, like, use slurs towards each other and be terrible to each other and your little cesspool and let everyone who's a responsible adult uh, match up together, I mean, that's, <laughs> which is really, really smart. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely, like, I've seen that. And, I mean, Dota, what I've played of Dota 2, it's, like, still fairly toxic in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, but um, that's just still an incredibly, I think, smart solution for that. Yeah, that would, that would be a really cool solution, too. Yeah, just putting people in, like, shithole matches. I mean, they kind of already have similar features like that already implemented. Like, if you, um, if you like, disconnect from matches too many times in a row, like, you start getting docked points mm-hmm. like like you have to and you have to play x amount of matches to kind of be able to start gaining xp at the normal rate so they could yeah. kind of implement something like that maybe but who knows anybody that works at blizzard if you listen in here's some great ideas from some queer people mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go or you know temporary do they temporarily mute people still i know that was a thing they were doing yeah, to decrease visibility okay cool mm-hmm. 
I mean, I shouldn't sound super psyched on that, but you know, like, <laughs> I don't know about you. When I get that message, that says, "Thank you, we've helped, we've helped uh, find a person who's a problem in our uh, community, and we'll work better to do, make them like a better place for you to play." And I'm like, "This is a badge of honor for me. Spray, yeah. Save that screenshot." Yes. Yeah. yeah. Listen, there's no room for like some centrist bullshit in Overwatch. Okay, mm-hmm. like report people, yeah. shame Just them, do it. Yeah. make it so they know. Make them lose privileges so they realize they have to act like a real adults. Yeah, and what's funny was that like when we've been in matches before where we've had to report somebody that's being like problematic or whatever it may be, like all of our friends were like, we're, we're like all like, have you seen that um, that video of a. Uh, the guy goes by the name of like Jay Versace, and it's him. He's he's a black he's a black kid that has a flat top, kind of like mine, but he's wearing this like orange like uh, orange tr- this like yellow turtleneck, and it's him like opening a MacBook and like slamming on the keyboard for like ten minutes. Um, but it was that. But we're like, all, we were all like reporting this one player like all at the same time before we queued up for another game because we're like, yeah. there's no there's no room for this. We're trying to have fun and play a game like. Mm-hmm. Like you're shitty, and like we're gonna like give you like a PowerPoint presentation as to why you were shitty <laughs> from like six from like five different people all at the same time. So it's been. I appreciate that there's even any kind of tools at, to report or to you know commend players or to avoid players. Like this kind of stuff at least shows me that there is some kind of actual like forward momentum and and, like initiative coming from blizzard to make their games a great experience for everyone so yeah and i'm i'm such a cheater when it comes to reporting in the sense that my background well it's not what i'm doing now i work in tech and my background is in fraud and abuse and i worked for major social media sites that will go unnamed right now um creating policy looking at these accounts things like that so i i know who's sitting on the other side of that ticket yeah and I know how to word everything <laughs> to get that person out Teach of us game. Your secrets. <laughs> it's like a checklist. I'm just like, okay, this is good. This is good. Yeah, I just phrase, you know, phrase everything to um, basically reflect and mimic their own terms of service, and just make it really easy for them to tick it off in their brain, like each check mark. Yeah, and I guarantee you, there's a sliding scale. There's always some sort of like way to look at accounts and say like, oh, I got this many reports on them. They say this. Are they like sole sole purpose, like, you know, abusive account? Is that what this person's MO is? Mm-hmm. Or is this just someone who had a bad day? These are all factors that go into it. So if you just make it super easy for the reviewer of the ticket to check off the terms of service violations, that user will get booted. That's amazing. That's good to know. Yeah, so pull up that terms of service have it yes. <laughs> just have it and then <laughs> yep. that's no that's that's a, that's a really that's a really good uh, pro tip for when it comes to reporting because we've talked about this before not specifically like reporting but Ruben and I have talked about before in the past we were talking about um, all the stuff with like with Twitch and with Mixer and their terms of service and how they approach dealing with harassment and, and all of that stuff and I think like if you leave as little room for ambiguity for them to kind of like, mm-hmm. this is what your terms of service says, and this is what yes. the person is doing that violates your terms of service, that gray area is gone. So, like, yeah. if you can make it as black and white for them as possible, for them to not be really any wiggle room for it, then you've you've done what you're supposed to do. So, I think that's a good way to definitely look at it, for sure. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> let's take a look here. Let's move... I guess let's move into something a little bit lighter than talking about reporting people. Um, so, Overwatch League. <laughs> so, Overwatch League is pretty 
fucking incredible, honestly. Like I, I love I it. So. I, I love think it it's so much. Like it's it gets great. Like to be to see this game because I remember like early on people were very like, I don't know if Overwatch is going to be really like esports friendly or like esports like like competitive or anything like that. But look at where it is. Um, and um, if any of you guys want to kind of jump in on your feelings on Overwatch League, I know Ruben has a lot of feelings on it. Um, and I know N- Nigel from a person that's very like into like the competitive stuff kind of like I am as well when it comes to Smash. Um, mm-hmm. And then you as well, Dom. Like, I would love to hear what you guys have to say on your thoughts on Overwatch League. I, I want to start by saying, fuck you, Ruben, being an NYXL fan. Um, <laughs> how dare you? They're it's it's not my villain. fault that I picked my team in team. week two, and they were good. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really love Overwatch League. It's like, <laughs> growing up, I, I, I had like, a lot of straight friends, like every queer kid does, and... I remember them talking about baseball, like remembering stats for different players and stuff. I'm like, that's stupid. Why would you ever do that? And then I look at myself now and I'm like, oh my god, do you see who got on so and so's World Cup team? Oh my god, that player is so bad. I can't believe they added them. Do you see their heels per second? And I'm like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> um, so it, it's this is wonderful. Uh, they get like 14 to 18 million views per season. Um, that's not including the Chinese streams because we don't ever know how many the Chinese streamers actually have. Um, but like, they, there's so many people who are into it. Um, I've made so many friends playing PC Overwatch because I have, like, a ton of Fusion skins, um, and I'll, I'll put my Philadelphia Fusion skins on and go out and play, and then I'll see somebody else with a Philadelphia Fusion skin out, and it's like that Spider-Man meme where you, like, play at each other, and <laughs> <laughs> we instantly make friends, we add each other, we start talking about, like, whatever recent play just happened, or what team, or, like, come things are coming up, and it's just so much fun to watch, and I think, like, especially for me, because I like watching competitive high-level things, uh, we always learn, like, a couple new tricks. Like, I remember watching Dallas Fuel play... Um, one of the players, Siegel, is like a really good May player, mm-hmm. and he did this trick where they were fighting a diva. And like, whenever I play May, there's always a diva. I don't know why, but like some higher power, just like you know what, you're gonna fight a diva now as May, and I'm like, God damn it, I don't want to do that because they always eat my my Blizzard. Yep. Um, and so I learned like if you're going against a May, put your ice wall up first, throw it at the ground, and then break the ice wall. That way, the diva can't eat it. And I was like, Oh my god, that's so smart and so simple. I could do it. And, like, you learn, like, little things like that and, like, just increase your play. And, like, you'll, you you use it and you see, like, who watches Overwatch League and who doesn't. Because, like, they absolutely know, like, little tri- tips and tricks, like, knocking yourself back with Ferris, uh concussion blast to, like, escape, like, dangerous situations and huh. stuff like that. Like, it's so cool to watch. I absolutely love it. Like, everyone should watch Overwatch League. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, I'm so excited. Like, this is why me and Angela are friends, because, like, when we get really excited about things, it's, like, word vomit. And yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I just I am, too. like, sincerely concerned for his health, because yeah. I like him so much. <laughs> I don't breathe. I have gills. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I, um, I'm, like, uh, I don't know, sports adjacent. Like, there are some sports I like and that I know things about, so I'm not totally, like, totally, like, nerdy. You're I don't so know sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this one time I watched soccer, and so I'm like mega. <laughs> um, so, uh, so it's funny though because like I have, I have friends that are like really into uh, the NFL and stuff like that. So they'll talk to me about games on occasion, and I I just like to learn about it because I'm like, well, might as well be well rounded, and I can appreciate um, aspects of it even if, even if I'm not like super into mm-hmm. it. Um, and I will try to kind of do the reverse and like try to explain Overwatch League to them, and they're just like what (laughs) like what do you and i get to a degree because i think that um like everyone kind of grows up at least like 
being aware of what football is and like passing the ball around maybe with your friends mm-hmm. or something just like it's it's really like simple to know the very basics of it um and i'm like well to really like watch overwatch league and understand what's going on you don't have to know anything about the game but it is going to be confusing and like maybe nauseating unless you've played it and you know what like different ults mean and it's it's because there's like so many flashy things happening and, and you need to know character let's uh, kits and, and loadouts um but i think they do a really good job of making it accessible um by just like having really good casters explaining what's going on frequently um and it's still hard for me like sometimes in matches when there's team fights i have to like sort of watch the screen and sort of just watch the health of every character Mm -hmm. to know what's going on um it's the same way i watch dota when i'm watching like ti um because otherwise it's like there's just so much going on on screen and you're usually in a first person viewpoint so your scope is limited um but it's just they just do a good job of like making it entertaining and they're doing a good job of packaging the athletes so that they're telling stories which to me is the most important part of Mm -hmm. um interesting sports it's like i'm watching sports not because i'm like I mean, it is interesting to watch, but it's, oh, this team's an underdog. Or this team's had, has, like, like Dallas. Dallas had, like, so many people kicked off their team earlier in the season because they're shitheads. Um, and so it was amazing to watch them in, um, uh, I think, stage five? Well, stage the latest four. stage. Yep. Stage four. State, like, start to really turn around and do really well mm-hmm. and, like, kind of come out of nowhere because they were dealing with so much controversy and it was just a, you could see it being a huge morale issue. Also, they were losing players that were good that they just, they just said stupid shit um, on streams because they're uh, shitty boys. Um, (laughs) And, and those are like really cool stories that are developing. Um, And even stuff like, like I'm a big pine fan. who's a NYXL DPS player. And like, they didn't really play pine a lot. And then they started to, and then he was gone again. And it was because he was like, literally homesick and it was having a hard time dealing with that uh, on a depression level but then they started throwing him back in again and he was doing great and and all the support that he was getting like he helped him kind of get out of that funk and it's just really cool storytelling that way yeah i think um so much of like competitive sports i mean you can kind of take this and compare it to sports anime is the storytelling aspect around it like there is there are stories to be told about these teams and where they come from and what happened in the last sets and what they can expect to happen in the current match or whatever that looks like. Um, Storytelling, and I think that's a huge part of being a good commentator when it comes to sport, like for sports or esports or whatever that looks like, being able to tell that story, knowing the players, knowing um, the background and being able to kind of like illustrate what's happening for the viewer to understand what's happening, especially if it's someone that doesn't know what's going on. And I think they do a really good job of doing that in Overwatch League, and I think they make it fun. And I think that I remember having an aha moment myself when I was watching um, was watching Overwatch League, and then before that, like watching competitive Smash and being like, oh, so this is what it feels like to be into sports. <laughs> like, yeah, this is what it feels <laughs> like, and it kind of like. It's like, it, it just all made sense to me. It just all made sense to me completely after kind of like taking that step back and being like, I'm rooting for these players or I'm rooting for this team and all that stuff. So like, I get it. Like, it's really cool. I think it's been a really fun thing to watch unfold, seeing how the game changes to where it becomes more competitive and what that means for casual players too and how that kind of helps the whole Overwatch community like in general. But it's been really cool to see Overwatch League become what it is now and where it's going. I 
love attending the league games. So because you live there, <laughs> yeah, I'm like 15 minutes from it. <laughs> Um, and so I feel really lucky in that sense. Um, I want to talk about something they've done that happens in person at the games that I feel is really important. Yeah. And that kind of originated at BlizzCon last year. I think I definitely noticed a problem at BlizzCon last year when attending the world tournament. And I believe uh, Korea was one of, if not the only, like, non-white team that was in attendance. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, like, a Mm -hmm. lot of Euro teams. And then there was, like, America, the USA and Canada. Um, And something that really stood out to me, I was rooting for Korea. I was a big fan of Lunatic High um, when Mm -hmm. teams were private and small like that. And so, like, half of Lunatic High was on the Korean team. And I was like, yay! Um, What happened was... No matter who Korea was up against, uh, the people in the stadium would root for whoever the white team was, like really overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter if they were rooting against that team in the last round because, uh, you know, they had beaten America or something. Um, There was no grudge held against the team that beat the United States. They just turned right around and rooted for the white team again, which just seems so uncommon in sports. Normally, if someone defeats your home team, you hold a grudge against them and you root for their opponent. And that's not what happened. And Mm -hmm. it was just so clearly racially divided. Wow. Um, It really stood out to me. And And just the chanting USA, USA, and the climate that we're in right now politically was really jarring. Yeah. Um. But Korea won <laughs> everything. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. <laughs> um, and there were a few of us that were just like really hype and everyone else like slunk away, which was cool. Um, and then, yeah, and then League started. And I was, again, I was like Soul Dynasty girl. Um, my partner is from Burbank. So they were super valiant. So like they were there with Valiant stuff on. I was there with Soul Dynasty stuff on. And it was completely curbed. They just started like interacting with the audience more and also cutting out the sound on the audience and confiscating signs and things like that mm-hmm. um, whenever it went down. And so now it's basically a non-issue. And I really appreciate that Blizzard like took the time to do that. Um, the space is so cool. So I really hope all of you guys come visit. I have a, I have a spare bed. Come hang out. Come watch a game. Would Sounds love like- that. Would love that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on my list of things to do next time I'm yeah. out there is to uh, hopefully there's games. There's like, it's in season so I can actually go to a match because that's like top of my yeah, list. That'd be so sure. fun. It's tight. Mm-hmm. They have like um, a gift store there also full of merch, which is awesome. And they have food trucks uh, outside so that you can get food and they let you bring it back in. But there's also the cafe inside as well. But like the lights there are amazing. The Just the audio... Video, like all of it is so incredible. I like to sit in front of the sportscasters and watch them, like, watch their faces as they get, they seem to get more and more hyped as the game goes on. I don't know what they're doing when they go behind the stage between each round, honestly. So I'm not, I can't comment on that. (laughs) But they definitely escalate throughout the entire game and you can, like, see it on their face. Um, So that really, like, keeps me going through the whole game because those, they stack them like three games back to back a lot of the time, which trying to sit down for eight hours is just... That's a lot. You know, it's a lot. Yeah. I usually will go for like one or two of the games because the tickets are pretty affordable. Nice. But it's a, it's a long day if you go for the whole thing. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to want to go. Um, if the invitation is open, I will. When it's back in season, yes. I will come. I will come down there yeah. and catch a match. Be- I really, really want to do that. There's going to be a cute baby around, too. Yes. can deal with. Yeah. We can't wait. And, I, and you know, I want to say something nice about Valiant because yeah. it was like this joke with me and my partner about how, like, I'm Soul Dynasty and he's into Team Valiant. And, you know, when you have a partner and you're not for the same team, that's always a fun game to play. Um, but Valiant's really cool. They had an event over in Alhambra recently where they invited um, people of all ages, including young students, to make uh, Overwatch oriented artwork yeah and um chris is a middle school teacher and so he had two of his students believe ages 11 and 12 um get art into the competition and the students were unable to attend it was like a friday night thing alhambra's actually kind of far la is huge alhambra's a little bit far from his uh school Mm -hmm. so the kids were unable to attend so we went and we attended on their behalf um and We were picking up gift bags on the way out, and we were kind of like, do we take these gift bags? Like, we want to bring them back for the kids to have, um, but we don't want to be like, are these not for us? And the whole team Valiant was there, which was cool, and this man in a suit comes up and just starts helping us with the gift bags and starts talking to us and making small talk. And by the time we're done talking about how Chris is a teacher and his students are showing here and these bags are to bring back to his students that week... The man at the very end and like says, "Yeah, I'm the president and owner of the team, and here's my card, <laughs> and what? let's connect and do something with the students and the players." Oh, that's Facebook. so cool! Oh my yeah, God. so I need to give them a shout out because that's really cool that they did that. And also, the organizer of the event, we got to meet her as well. And she also organized a girls in gaming event this spring for youth. That was awesome. Um, and she has also reached out and said, let's do something with the kids. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's so cool. Which is cool because a lot of owners, especially sports team owners, suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just a thing. And, it, and, and it, it's a thing that's in, um, it's an unfortunate thing because uh, usually it's, you know, people that are money, billionaires, millionaires to have uh, enough money to put into a, a thing. Like, right. um, I really, I love the aesthetics, and I love all the players on the Gladiators, but the uh, franchise owners, the Crunky uh, Brothers, like, are uh, cataloged like bad people. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, they own a bunch of other sports, uh, sports league. Um, uh, I think they own, uh, oh... Which NBA team? They own one of the NBA teams. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but they're just like noted bad dudes, and I have to like divorce it from being like these guys just make money. It's a business investment for them, so I have to divorce it from the actual team. Right. But it's like it always makes it hard for me to like really like root for the Glads because that's in the back of my head. Um, even though like I have a super crush on Bishu because Bishu's really cute. There's um, <laughs> league too many. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, on that note, I want to say um, a quick shout out to our friend on Twitter. His uh, his name is Blink. He did a whole week of a uh, of Thirst Watch, which was, <laughs> which was um, five days of talking about all the guys that are hot in Overwatch League, and all of them were excellent picks, and they can all get it. <laughs> Sabi Yobi's hot because he's happily married, and that's very hot. For Commitment some is sexy. How about that? Sabi, <laughs> if you if you don't follow Sabi Yobi on, uh, uh, he plays for NYXL. He's their, like their DPS head. He's probably like one of the best tracers in the league. Um, 
he uh, he just tweets about his wife all the time, Aww. and it's fucking adorable. Also, supposedly um, during matches, sometimes he has like a photo of his wife like next to the screen, Aww. and he's like, "This is my good luck charm to win matches." And I was like, "This is very precious. I love Sabi oh That's so cute. I love that." Yes, SBB. Yeah, on which, who is the one? Let me see. The Hawk. Um, yeah, oh, God. Yes. The Hawk is fine. <laughs> whatever. Who? The Hawk. He's on SO Shock and he is. Oh, my God. Fine. Oh, my God. I have to look he him up. Because uh, Lord knows I've never looked at SO Shock's roster. And, um, and <laughs> I and have for, Google. And you for don't whatever know. strange reason, um, <laughs> there's a guy that's on the Dallas Outlaws. His name is Rockus. And he has a huge ass. Like, and it's un- it's why it d- why is his butt that big? Where, why is his ass that big? Like it just doesn't make it it doesn't make sense. Like D Hawk is fine. He's fine. Who is? Okay, Ruben, we're gonna type. fight. We're gonna fight Ruben. Not my type. Listen, <laughs> I think I have a type because I like Toby and Miro, and uh, they both have both like small cute. pointy faces with big glasses and the same haircut. So <laughs> might be a problem. Um, I think I, and soon, Bish is definitively yeah, soon the is cutest, like, in my opinion. Oof, but Lord, <laughs> soon is soon cute. Is so There's a really I'm trying to find. I can't remember what team. There's a really like hot swarthy dude on one of the teams, and now I'm just objectifying these guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is thirst watch. Uh, it is thirst watch. <laughs> Joe Meister, maybe is the one you're thinking about. Maybe you, you, you guys keep talking people. while I try to figure out okay. who this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just looking at Blink. Go into uh, the roster I'm pictures. I'm looking at Blink's first watch um, tag and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Poco's cute. Mm-hmm. Poco's very Poco's cute. Soon can get soon it. Soon can definitely get it. Oh boy, yeah, um, yeah. So Overwatch League. <laughs> if you want to see cute boys playing a really fun game, you should watch that <laughs> on Twitch when it's once. Um, once it starts back up again, because I think we're on the off season right now, it starts back up pretty soon. Uh, playoffs mm-hmm. start next week, yeah, so which I'm super here for. Yes, so yes, soon is cute in a very white. Boy yeah, it, it's like very, it's very conventional, like like good looking white guy. Boy next, boy next yeah, that sort of cool Matt's look too. Mm-hmm. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's yeah. They're hot. They're a bunch of hot boys that play Overwatch. So, <laughs> I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. I can't that. even say anything. Um, but knew that you could play Overwatch for like 12 hours a day and be hot. Yeah, so I mean that's, that that is a gift. Um, so <laughs> blessed. Truly I look like trash after two hours. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sweaty. I'm and sweaty right now. Somehow bloated. Like despite sitting and talking, I'm sweaty. <laughs> oh my gosh! But um, I, I get. I mean, we're kind of at an hour and a half right now, and that. I think it's a good place to wrap up talking about how cute boys are to play Overwatch. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you want to see a cute uh, boy play Overwatch, come sit in my office and watch my partner. Oh yes, Aww. yes, I would love yeah. to. He's a cutie. Oh, that's yeah, great. I love him. oh, Clockwork is pretty cute, but I'm into me, so that's why he's just swarthy. Sorry, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but like, like, but like what's should... funny is that like. If if I saw you like Ruben like just wearing like an Overwatch League jersey of like one of them, I'm like oh I believe it, like you, yeah, yeah like you like just <laughs> can, you look like can this. you believe yeah can you believe make, <laughs> I want to make like an Overwatch zine like a really punk style like yeah. Xerox version where I just do a bunch of crappy line drawings of all the hot guys 
and <laughs> sell it for like it. a dollar. Yes. <laughs> just to just, cover just printing costs. It. Like I don't need any and, profit from it. Yeah. I just want to share this beauty with the world. Yeah. <laughs> just pedal it in front of Burbank. <laughs> they would they would carry me off so quickly. They'd be like, "Who is this pregnant meatball outside?" <laughs> I do like the idea that you're still pregnant in the scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the baby hasn't come. It's just- the baby's like, this is too shameful. I'm not coming out. I'm not going to be. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been so much no, fun just you. to sit and gab about Overwatch and how it's kind of shaped our friendship and what we think of the game and where it's going and all that good stuff. Um, and typically, when we wrap up the show, we kind of always do like a sign off on like where people can follow you online. If you have anything that you want to like follow, like to talk about or anything like that, um, please fire away. Um, my Twitter is Le Cordard Show, which is French. So if you just Google translate the artichoke heart, then you're good. <laughs> or DJ will this probably answers so tweet many questions. it with this. Yeah, or I'll put it. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be in the tweet for this when this episode goes live, and then I'll put it in the show notes as well. And or uh, if you just like Google like Overwatch couple gets engaged, then you'll find like ten news articles that have my Twitter handle in it. So <laughs> it's pretty easy. Um, Jeff is very nice, by the way, Daddy Jeff. So. Oh, Daddy Jeff Kaplan. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, I that did. Was a I just went to Google huh? and translated the artichoke heart, and it does perfectly give me your Twitter, your Twitter, Twitter, your Twitter, your Twitter. Guys, I'm old now. And I believe that is also my Instagram. So yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming. This is yes. awesome. And Nigel, what up? where can they find you, babe? Uh, you can find me at, at PrinceZexu, Z-E-X-U, at, uh, on Twitter. That's that's where I usually talk and scream about Overwatch. Um, and if you want to, you can also follow me on Instagram. That's just mostly pictures of my dog. That's basically it is. Pictures of my puppies. They're, they're such good girls. They are the Nigel, best. Nigel, is that your screen name? Just because now that I'm, I know that... Uh, Dom's is artichoke heart in French. Is yours a trashy anime reference? What is that? Actually, it's um. <laughs> <laughs> um so I had to do a, a. I took Chinese in high school, and so we had to do history lessons on Chinese. And so um, we we basically learned out the Opium Wars, and there was this general called uh, Zexu. Uh, I think that's pronounced it properly. Um, where it translates in English to Z E X U. Um, and so I was like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. He's kind of sucked at his job, but I, I like the name, and so I just took it. <laughs> Appropriating Chinese culture. Appropriate. There we go. Uh, <laughs> just a, a black mark on our show. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right there. Yeah. And then you can find me as always at oh hey DJ. That's O H H E Y DJ. And that's also my in- handle on Instagram as well. And where can they find you, Ruben? You guys can find me at Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, on Instagram and Twitter and RubenMedina.com if you want to hire me for anything voice-related and EdTomAndRuben.com if you want to see weird comedy improv stuff I do with two of my uh, straight hetero friends. He's real good at it. He's really, really good at it. He is. He's really funny. Oh, and we do have a bit of unfortunate news. Um, Our panel did not get approved for FlameCon, but that's okay. 
No. I mean, we said that we would just drink rosé in the hallway. Which is what people, we're going to so. do. Like, <laughs> I'm just... I almost put that in the thing to be like, if you guys don't take this panel. <laughs> I got a job one time when they asked, what unique thing would you bring to the team? And I said, if you hire me, I will bring donuts on my first day. Nice. They hired oh, me. Wow. They hired me. <laughs> So you had to bring donuts. I did do it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean so you have to. Otherwise, you see, yeah. like both me and Ruben just being loud and just drinking like out of the bottle of rosé. That's what we'll be doing at FlameCon. Yeah, Come and- <laughs> it's te- we're probably recording and it's technically a panel, but don't tell anyone at FlameCon or they might throw us out for being too. Right, late. it's true. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really <laughs> true. Get really trashy. Use a straw when you're drinking your wine, please. Oh, of course. I absolutely yeah. will do that. I am a lady. I will be doing I will definitely <laughs> be doing that. But um but yeah, so that's that's it. Um thank you guys again so much for joining us today. It's been so much fun just to talk about Overwatch and hang out with both of you. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Perfect.